Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered for all the odds, props, promos, and parlays during the biggest gambling week of the year, March Madness, rounds one and two. It should be a national holiday. You can use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. Alrighty, let's welcome back in Razor Rosenthal to the Take It Easy podcast. We have made it to March Madness, and I'm excited to talk to Razor because this is the four days of the year that Razor gets the most excited about here on our podcast, in the, at the very least. Uh, Razor, how you feeling? How you doing? Uh, related to this year's tournament. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, coming off a very successful conference championship uh, weekend, or I should say four or five days, Kyle, I mention this every year on your podcast, uh, have the privilege to do well every year because it's pretty simple. These one and two seeds typically do not lose in the quarterfinals. So not just the big the big uh, conferences, but the small conferences as well. Of course, there are going to be upsets in conference tournaments, you know, but uh, overall, you know, if you stayed with Purdue for every game, you cashed a money line ticket. If you stayed with Bama for every game, you, you cashed a money line ticket. If you took teams that like Miami in the quarterfinals as a one seed, they beat Wake Forest on the money line. You're continuing to cash tickets. So, you know, hey, Kansas got me through. I didn't bet the, the bit. Like, again, I don't bet these games that are a margin of minus two or minus three. Texas versus KU. I took, you know, took KU every game leading up to it, took Texas every game leading up to the finals and just stayed away from the finals. The only finals I actually bet, Kyle, was uh, Penn State versus Purdue, where I got lucky with Purdue on the money line. And honestly, I probably would have taken Houston versus Memphis, but there was just no time to do it based on an unfortunate incident with my family on during the day. I, I put the Purdue and Penn State bet in much earlier. So when, when I had time, I was in bed and it just it just worked out well. But normally I probably would have taken Houston to beat Memphis on the money line and a uh, huge win for the Memphis Tigers, and uh, they put themselves in a good position being uh, being on that 8-9 line. Yeah, I thought Memphis is funny because I think last year they were the 8th seed in the East region, and then this year they're the 8th seed in the East region again. Just kind of yeah. funny how that one worked out for them, and it took winning a conference title to make that happen. Penn State was kind of the story of Champ Week, weren't they? Because, I mean, they were the first double-digit seed, I believe, to make a championship at the Big Ten tournament, and... They beat two or three tournament teams on the way there. They were kind of the story of the week. They were. It's funny how things work out because I was on your pod two weeks ago and I said Penn State was the team I wanted to see emerge. But, of course, they blew that that game against Rutgers on Sunday night two, three weeks ago. And I said, well, now they don't deserve to be in. It's going to take a miracle run uh, in Chicago, which it did. I mean, they had, they, I think they had to reach the semifinals to get there. They did themselves a favor, did one better than that. So Penn State, um, I think, you know, I I said this, again, I'll reiterate, said this on your pod. I like to say that a lot because I'm so uh, thankful to be on your pod all the time. Um, 
that team starting five is as good as anybody's starting five in the Big Ten. And they proved it. Of course, they don't have the major depth of uh, you know other teams that are going to be probably more viable candidates to make a run in the NCAA tournament. But that, that starting five is dangerous. And I think it's an incredible matchup round one against the Aggies. And I think everybody in the Lone Star State is just really hoping to see A&M versus Texas in round two as much as I am. But I think Penn State's going to give Tam U some problems. Uh, that's a tough bet for me. I'm staying away from that game. So if that one's a stay away and we assume Texas is going to beat Colgate, although the last two tournaments of 15 seed has gone to the Sweet 16. So I'm not yeah. going to say it's a guarantee if that's where you're kind of sitting on that one. I think that's a I think that's a Thursday game if I don't if I remember correctly. I think Penn State, Texas A&M and Colgate, Texas is on Thursday uh, in the, the rest of the Midwest region is kind of interesting because it's Houston at the top and then kind of a whole lot of blah like Xavier's the three seed Indiana's the four seed Miami's the five seed it feels like we're on a crash course for Houston and Texas to advance out of that region to at least the elite eight is that kind of the vibe you're getting yeah I think so I think there's always going to be chaos but how ironic is it going to be Houston versus Texas to the right to get to Houston uh you know I think I, I think that Texas this is Texas's bracket to lose I, I think that when it's all said and done the Texas Longhorns are the best team in that region. They haven't proved it day in and day at night, day in and day and day in. But I, I think that that Big 12 championship really proved something to me that they they are. I've always called them a soft team, but a super talented team. Well, they have to take that momentum and ride it into the NCAA tournament because I do think they have a pretty good draw. I think Xavier uh, is a pretty good three seed, but we see what what could happen to Xavier. They can get run out of the gym. With a pretty weak bench, I do think they have a great starting five. I love I love Zach Fremantle. I think he's one of the best players, you know, in in the Big East. Uh, uh, Nunji's incredible too. This is a good Xavier team, but I just don't think they have enough depth to really challenge Texas. I think uh, Indiana is probably the team that I feel most comfortable saying as a four or five seed of all the fours and fives. I like them to maybe emerge through that region or at least get to the finals. I, I don't I think Tennessee right now is a Fugazi. Duke is pretty good as a five seed. Those two hopefully will match up. We'll talk about that region as well, I'm sure. But I like this opportunity for IU. I, I think they're they're gonna be in good shape now that Miami's big man may be out for the tournament. I don't know the status of him quite yet. But I like IU's path. I think they needed to play Houston. I think they match up well against uh, the Cougars. So I'm not going to say a collision course for sure for Houston versus Texas. I actually will probably pencil in IU and Texas in a couple of my brackets. Ooh, I like that. That's a spicy Indiana over Houston potential pick because I, I believe you on Indiana because, like you said, Miami not only lost their big man, Miami also... Ken Palm had them as the lowest rated five or six seed, and they ended up on the five line. So they were already kind of fugazi before losing one of their better players to injury. I've seen a lot of people pick Drake as the upset in that 12-5 game. I've also seen a lot of people pick Kent State over Indiana in the 13-4 matchup, and that's kind of been the most popular of the four 13 upsets so far. Well, there were two teams I loved 
when I met with you on your pod two weeks ago, I told you Charleston, I told you Kent State. Two dangerous teams, right? So Charleston is going to be in a good position here in their 5-12 matchup. And Kent State, I don't, I don't like this matchup for them. I think if anyone, Indiana was going to be probably the toughest four seed. So I, I think I'm going to let a lot of people just, you know, go with that 13-4 upset. And hopefully if IU gets to the finals of that region, that probably is going to help my chances to emerge in some of these bracket rankings. I, I think Kent State's really good. I just I think they would have been better off against a team like Miami in a 5-12 matchup because they can run they can run and but so can Indiana. That's the problem for Kent State is Indiana can match their speed, can match them down the court. I like IU and I think if we can get a good money line value, I think IU is one of the teams that I'd like to pair up in a money line parlay as we get closer to Thursday morning. I'm not gonna bet much in the NCAA tournament. I always have this disclaimer. I know it sounds kind of weak. Sound like a sissy, Kyle, as a big better. I just don't like betting this tournament. I just like watching it and playing Survivor and and being in multiple brackets. That's kind of my thing because I just can't figure out these upsets every year. I just think that a team is going to go to the semifinals of this tournament or the Elite Eight, and they bow out round one. An example last year was a very good Kentucky team who – I mean, you, who, how do you predict that? So that this tournament's too too much too 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 hard to start putting a lot of units on compared to the conference championship week. I think the one that was just as shocking last year was Purdue losing to St. Yep. Peter's in the Sweet 16 because clearly this Purdue team is really good. They're basically the same team this year as last year, and I just I don't understand how that one happened. But I don't. I this Purdue team. Would, well, I guess Zach Eady would have to play against himself, but this Purdue team would be, I think, a seven-point underdog to last year's Purdue team, so explain that one to me, right? You have Zach Eady versus Zach Eady, and then you have the other four guys that are pretty much di- a totally different roster for the most part, you know, so I, I just think this Purdue team is good, but that team last year that was a three-seed they they were a huge disappointment. They, I mean they I mean that that team really should be a one seed last year, and they and they gave you a ranking of nine through twelve to be on the three line. So how do you explain it? I don't know. I mean maybe this Purdue team can make a run to the final four uh, with with Zach Eady, but I like last year's Purdue team much better. Finishing up the Midwest real quick, because one of the teams that we've been most fixated on in our crash courses and our champ week previews was Iowa State, because you loved Iowa State when we were first breaking it down. And then they lost like four games in a row. And now they come back. They're on the sixth line. They're going to play whoever wins Wednesday, which I guess is tonight by people are listening to this between Mississippi State and Pitt. Do you feel anything for Iowa State? Are they, you know, not going to make it out of the first weekend? If they if they win the first round game, they probably play Xavier. I think Iowa State is so capable of getting to the Sweet 16. Uh, really, I thought, you know, got themselves in a good position with Xavier as their three seed. And whether, you know, it's uh, Mississippi State or Pittsburgh, the uh, the Ben Howland game, I'd like to say Ben Howland coached both of those squads back in the uh, early 2000s to late 2000s. Uh, I, I don't see much value in predicting Iowa State against anybody at this juncture, right? They own Baylor. We'll just throw that out, right? Back-to-back wins against really good Baylor's club. Kansas City uh, run out of the gym for the most part by the Texas Longhorns. Uh, I, I, I have, I, I'm not putting any stock in ISU. I would not be putting it in ISU. 
Sweet 16 and you know match up well against Texas. Obviously, that probably would be the the landing point. I would say the furthest that ISU goes. Unfortunately, they're going to play a team that knows them very well and has a lot of confidence. But I do like their path. I mean, Xavier to me is not that dangerous of the three seed. It wouldn't be that much of an upset on a neutral court. I probably would make. Iowa State maybe even a favorite by one or two because of that conference that they're in. Big 12, the best conference in college basketball. So they're in a good spot. They just have to play smart ball and figure out how to play defense, which at times they do not. So uh, I, I, I probably will have ISU in the Sweet 16, maybe in a few brackets. And then I'll go the other direction and have them lose to uh, Mississippi State or Pittsburgh just because I know they're capable of doing that. The last game in that region that we didn't mention, Iowa-Auburn, 8-9. I feel like that's just a coin flip to decide who's going to win that game. Well, these are two teams that are playing better basketball at the end of the year. Iowa with the miracle win against Michigan State, following up with a win against Indiana uh, on the road after beating Michigan State down by, what, 32 points with 10 seconds left, and they still won that game. That's To me, that's uh, mind-blowing. Uh, Auburn... Great wins for Auburn at the end of the year. Uh, I think they 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 won at home against. Uh, I can't remember who it was. They beat they beat them up pretty good. Tennessee, I believe they beat up Tennessee, who I, I think at this point is pretty depleted. Uh, you can't really trust them to make a run. Uh, Auburn, Iowa is a flip of a coin. And here's my advice on this game: is you know we all talk about live betting, whether it's football, tennis, it doesn't matter. This is a great example of. Let's see how which team is showing up, especially behind the three-point mark. And Auburn's the worst three-point shooting team in the country, or at least in the SEC, if I have that right. If they can hit some threes, they'll probably win the game because that's the biggest difference maker is if they can match threes with Iowa. I think they're the better team. I just wouldn't play it on the pre-flop. All right, we mentioned Purdue a little bit earlier. Let's slide over to that East region because I don't know what to do with the East region. I've I've filled out three brackets. I've had three different champions. I have no idea what to do with the East region with Purdue as the one, Marquette with the two, uh, Kansas State three, which seems like no one believes in Kansas State, four, Tennessee, five, Duke. I mean, it's such an interesting region because I no one trusts Purdue. No one trusts any of these teams to make it out of the region. And so they're trying to find trendy picks like Duke to win the whole thing. Well, Duke has the bigs to match up with Zach Eady and Purdue and frustrate them, right? I think it's a good draw for Duke. The problem with Duke is they drew a pretty tough Oral Roberts team in the first round who's going to be very difficult to beat because Oral Roberts has the probably the biggest guy in the country playing center. i uh, be curious to see. That's going to be the sexy, trendy five 12 upset maybe I think uh I think it can happen I I don't I don't see I don't would not be surprised if Duke lost to Oral Roberts but you could also maybe pencil in Duke for with with the depth that they have versus Oral Roberts probably a, a 12 point win so it's going to be interesting probably would lean on Duke there to, to emerge and even consider them in a money line parlay maybe with an Indiana you could probably marry those two and only pay maybe minus 180 if I had to guess but um I think Duke has a chance to get through the top of that bracket. I think Purdue uh, has to be happy that they don't have a really strong two or three seed to worry about. I, I, I Listen, Mar- Marquette should not have beaten St. John's. Let's just start with that. But congratulations to Shaka and, and, and Marquette because they are the Big East uh, champions when it comes to the regular and postseason. That's not easy to do. Not many teams uh, can do that, Can you know, the, what they did. Uh, I don't like Marquette. But Marquette got a good draw. I think they got a week three seed in K-State. The three seeds, to me, are 
you, know, you just mentioned Xavier and K-State. Those are, to me, two teams that are so capable of losing second round. I, I think K-State, if to, we'll, we'll, we'll probably lose to Kentucky or Providence. That's my prediction there. So it, I don't, it doesn't matter which team they play. Um, I, I, I think it's Purdue's uh, bracket to, to lose. I think Purdue wants Tennessee in the Sweet 16, not Duke. If they get Tennessee in the Sweet 16, I think they have a clear path to Houston. That seems to be the vibe I'm getting because when I filled out my bracket, I picked Tennessee to beat Duke uh, because I haven't been watching this year and I trust the advanced data that says Tennessee is much better than their seed and record might suggest this year. But then again, Duke also has won like nine games in a row and that's kind of the team you want sometimes going into March Madness. So I it feels like the top of that bracket is so talented and then the bottom it's kind of just hit or miss at that point because... I could see Michigan State beating USC and then upsetting Marquette. I could see, you know, Montana State even beating K-State or something wild like that in this bracket. I mean, there's just so much that's so much that we don't know that this one feels like it could be the chaos bracket and probably the weakest of the four regions. I don't think K-State has the bigs to match up with Purdue. So I just don't feel good about K-State, you know, winning that regional final if Purdue is on the other side of the draw. I mean, K-State doesn't have the bigs really to match up with Oscar in UK, right? I mean, they, they're just not, I mean, they're a good team. They're really gritty. They play tough. They're the, the the complete opposite of being soft, like I believe Texas is. I just don't like their talent in, in, in tournaments like this. I just don't think they have enough players. I think Nigel Pack, who would have been amazing for them, who is no longer on their team, who's with the Miami Hurricanes, is a difference maker. Uh, their depth is just not there. They have they have great guard play. Don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of against KSU here. I think I'm going to uh, probably have Kentucky or Providence in the Sweet 16. And I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those teams continue on to the regional final. Maybe this is Kentucky's year to finally do something with very low expectations because a lot of people will probably have Providence over UK. I picked it, but this one's yeah. also kind of a coin flip because uh... – one, they showed on the March Madness graphic that the last 15 years, more 11 seeds have beaten six seeds, which I find super interesting. And the other side of the coin is the betting line right now is two and a half in favor of Kentucky, which in March Madness, that's basically nothing at this point, especially for an 11-6 matchup. It's two and a half points in favor of Kentucky, and Ken Palm has them as pretty much equal in adversaries and it's a neutral floor that game feels like pretty much a coin toss and like you said both of them could beat kansas state yeah i think it's another live look and play to to bet on you know if you can see one team you know emerging on one side of the ball whether it's great defensive play or great offensive play and just kind of take a chance if the team's up by six or seven maybe you're going to pay a price tag of minus 185 but that's probably my look at Kentucky Providence. I, I don't know who's going to win that game. I'm probably going to split that game. You know, I'm going to do several pulls because I love it. It's it's like a it's a right to to live. I think you have to do it if you're a gambler or just a fan of college basketball. I think you have to do multiple pulls. And if you're doing one pool, you better be really good and you better have knowledge of who's going to win because it's just impossible, right? You have to kind of. You have to you have to take Kentucky in, in half of your brackets, I think, in Providence in the other half and just kind of figure out a way to at least win one or two if you're doing six or seven like me. That's kind of the goal every year. If I can just get one one national title per year, oh my gosh, I'm in good shape. And last year, 
I think I went one for seven, but that just, you know, that paid off everything, right? So um, I, I'll go split C on uh, Kentucky, Providence, and no bet on the pre-flop. Yeah, it feels like one of those eight, nine games. You could flip a coin and it could go either way. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned is that Providence is getting the coaches about to leave bump going into the tournament. So that might help or hurt them. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go, but it looks like Ed Cooley's going to be the next coach at Georgetown to replace Patrick Ewing once their tournament run is over. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good move for Ed Cooley. I mean, Georgetown's history is probably a little more prominent than Providence, but right now that's a sinking ship. It's not the Titanic quite yet, but they're almost going to hit the iceberg. Georgetown's a disaster. I wish Ed Cooley the best because he's a great coach. He's done a lot at Providence over the last five years. Yeah. And it's just a financially upward move probably for him. Um, We've covered most of the games in this region. Any Memphis FAU, that one I think is interesting at the very least as an 8-9. That's the best 8-9 game for me, Kyle. I'm excited for that game more than, than any other game because I don't think the country knows who and where and why the FAU Owls are in this tournament. They're located in my hometown of Boca Raton, Florida, where I grew up. This team is so athletic. But so is Memphis. I actually think the Owls have more depth than Memphis. If you look at Memphis's roster in each game, they typically are only putting on the floor six or seven scorers. Everybody else does nothing. FAU's got a lot of depth for a team from the Kusa. Um, I, I like I like FAU here. I, I, I think they're the smarter team, and I think they're going to give Memphis a lot of trouble uh, when they play. I, I'm, I'm probably going – if I have six pools, I'm going FAU four out of six at a minimum – Maybe five out of six. I think FAU's the play here. I'm glad to hear that because I picked FAU to win in my region and or my bracket. And Memphis is interesting because last year I think they almost beat. I think it was uh, it must be Gonzaga. Was, yeah, it was Gonzaga. They almost yes. beat Gonzaga last year in the tournament. So I know Memphis is obviously capable, and they've put together tournament teams every year with Penny Hardaway. I just feel like Florida Atlantic's the darling team. They were top 25 earlier this year. They would have made the tournament with or without winning the conference title. So I just think FAU is kind of that team this year. And like you said, they're from your hometown. So that's more of a reason to bet on Florida Atlantic. Yeah, and I, I just I, I like the intelligence of this team. They don't make a ton of mistakes. Memphis over the last you know four years with Penny Hardaway, they've had so much talent. But have we ever seen Memphis do anything special? We finally did. I'll give them credit. On Sunday, they won the conference championship. That's a that's a big deal to beat a number one seed like Houston. So other than that, I think the, the Penny Hardaway era has been not a disappointment. I don't want to say that. I'll say a little underwhelming, though. It's been unique, I will say. It's been a unique run for him, for players coming, top prospects coming in and transferring out. The whole James Wiseman thing was just weird because the NCAA levied penalties against them and they just kind of ignored them. And It was just such a weird, such a weird saga so far for Memphis. But they're in the tournament every year. Like I said, they're the eight in the East for the second year in a row, basically, at this point. So... Uh, we feel in the South region at the top, or are we feel in the, the bracket of death in the West? Which one should we talk about next? Uh, we'll start with South, and then we'll end with the West. All right, let's go over to the South region. Obviously, Alabama's the number one, which the further they advance in the tournament, it's going to be uncomfortable for everyone trying to do bracket talk. I know Greg Gumbel stepped into it on Sunday trying to talk about 
Alabama on the broadcast. So they're the number one overall seed, which I'm guessing is just because Houston lost that conference championship game. I'm guessing if Houston had won the AAC, that Houston would have been the number one overall seed. I just think Alabama deserves it based on the fact they actually play viable teams. They don't play uh, in you know American conference schedule where Memphis is the only other team to dance. I think Alabama uh, should be the one seed, even if Houston would have beaten Memphis. Uh, so I'm okay with uh, the Alabama being the best team, in the, uh, number one, overall number one seed in this tournament. So the rest of the bracket looks like, obviously at the top, they've got Maryland, West Virginia, which you've, you've been high on West Virginia this year. So maybe this is the matchup eight, nine that works in favor of West Virginia. And obviously the winner of that one will play Bama. Yeah. Um, I lean, I lean West Virginia again. You got six brackets. I I'm, I'm, I'm penciling in uh, Country Road at, uh, on four or five of those. It's not that's not a splitsy game for me, like uh, UK and Providence. I'm just not a Maryland fan. I think they've had some very decent quad one and quad two wins in their conference this year. But West Virginia has gone through, I think, a much tougher gauntlet. I think uh, Huggy Bear has got a lot more experience than, than Willard. I just don't remember Willard doing anything at Seton Hall in the tournament that was significant. Uh, yeah, give me, give me, uh, take me home, uh, Kyle, on Country Road. I like West Virginia in this spot. All right, and then on the flip side, we've got the the two Thursday morning games that I will get to attend because March Madness is down the block for me at Sacramento this year. So I get to go see Missouri play Utah State, and then I get to see Arizona play against Princeton for tickets that basically cost like seven dollars each. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Things have changed. It's really just technology. I mean, it's just more comfortable to watch it at your home with all these channels that are offered, you know, true TV. I mean, it's just easy, right? To watch I will it say, in fairness, the primetime games in this region are Boise State and UCLA, and those two are, the tickets are much more expensive because they're going to draw at Sacramento, but for Arizona and Utah State, basically no one wants to go at 10 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah, it's a tough sell. Um, okay, I think USU is getting overvalued in the market. I think the Mountain West is just was down this year. Let's face the facts. This conference had Nevada, which to me, I didn't want. I didn't think. Listen, I'm not being a homer for my conference, which we'll get into the ACC eventually. I'm sure we'll go over NC State, but listen, Clemson deserved to be in the tournament, in my opinion, more so than Nevada, more so than both Wolfpacks. How do you like that, Kyle? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think that you're looking at a team in Missouri who probably got seated correctly. I don't think USU got seated correctly. I think they got overseated at 10. And I think that's one of those games where I think you'll probably get splitsies from a lot of people. Give me the Tigers. This is Missouri all the way. I think Missouri has has proven to me that they can go toe to toe with the you know the elite of the SEC. Not so much Alabama because they get run out of the gym by the Crimson Tide. No problem with Kentucky. No problem with Tennessee this year. No problem with Auburn. No problem with A and M as far as competing. This team is battle tested. Give me Mizzou to advance to the second round. How do you feel about Arizona? Because they obviously won the Pac-12 championship. They're number two seed that probably could have, should have, would have jumped UCLA. I know that UCLA was the five and uh, Arizona was the six. They both ended up in Sacramento anyways, but it would have, I think being the six seed kept Arizona out of the group of death in the West region. So how do you feel about Arizona at this point? 
I, I, I would, I think Zona is fairly seeded. I think they should be, you know, facing the one of the better one seeds in the quarterfinals if it actually does happen with Alabama. I think they're fine. I liked Arizona's team a lot more last year. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Were they a two seed last year? No, they, they were a one seed. They were a one seed last year, seed. and yeah, they played yeah. that chaotic, crazy game against TCU. TCU. Yeah, TCU was an eight nine that came through in the first round and should have beat uh, Zona in round two, and they did not. I think Zona is not as good as last year's team. Um, but I think they have a nice path. I mean, I don't think there's. I think they. I think. I think they'll be fine. I think Zona is capable of holding serve and getting to the regional final, but I also think they are capable of going down, maybe not round one, but maybe round two, because we've seen Zona really stumble surprisingly at times to average to bad teams in the Pac-12. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling great about Zona getting to the finals and holding their seed in, in, in that region, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down on them. I mean, they they proved a lot by beating up UCLA. I, I thought that was a great win and a great tournament in Vegas for Zona. So I think they're properly seated. Properly seated is our analysis, and should beat Princeton. That seems like fair analysis for Arizona at this point. Obviously, but like I said, 15 seeds have made the Sweet 16 the last two years. I don't know how this math is changing in March Madness. Uh, Let's go to your team, NC State. They've got Creighton, the team you were super high on. You were super excited about Creighton over the past couple of weeks. And then NC State drew them in that bracket. And then obviously that that group of four also includes Santa Barbara and Baylor. What do you think about everything going on there? I'd rather play Baylor round one. I'll take the 14th seed as an NC State fan and flop it with UC Santa Barbara because I think Creighton's a better team than Baylor right now. Right now they are. Baylor Baylor's a huge disappointment in the last two games getting run out of the gym by ISU twice. Um, I think Creighton's, I, 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 you know, I, I think that we match up, we meeting NC State okay with Creighton. I, I don't think it's the perfect 6-11 battle. I think that you should have more confidence betting on Providence as an 11 seed than you should on NC State. That's my analysis there. I will I will play six pools and Creighton's going to be in there five times for me. I'm not I'm not I'm not Homer Simpson here, Kyle. It's uh it's Creighton over NC State. I'm sorry, just the the better team overall. NC State the last few games of the year, it just hasn't been great. Yes, they ran out uh, Virginia Tech out of the gym in Greensboro. But that doesn't really get me excited. They lose the following night by, what, 25 to Clemson, who should be in the tournament. I think NC State's an average team, overachieved. Creighton, I think, underachieved a little bit this year. As a sixth seed, I would have guessed uh, maybe around uh, New Year's Day to January 15th, I would have liked to see Creighton or predicted Creighton on the four line in this tournament. They're on the I mean, they really can run through that draw against Baylor and Arizona. So, uh, yeah, I have Creighton emerging over Baylor and NC State. All right, then. I uh, don't feel great about picking Baylor to go on a run in the tournament now, knowing that that Creighton is the team you would rather face as an NC State. Or, sorry, that Baylor is the team you would rather face as opposed to Creighton in that region. I love Baylor. I, I, I did mention, you know, on one of your pods maybe three weeks ago, I love Baylor. I really do. I think they're a really good team. I think they're as they're as good as Texas. We've seen them destroy Texas. 
but I don't like what I've seen the last two games. And I think, I think I have a short memory and I think that other teams do too, as well. I think that that Baylor is a team that needs, uh, needs to figure out how to play defense because they have not done so uh, against ISU, but maybe ISU is the problem and everybody else they'll be fine against because the Cyclones just, like I said, destroyed them in Waco and really took it to them in the second half in Kansas city. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Iowa State and Baylor will end up in the Elite Eight this year. Maybe that's the whole story that we've learned from this. Could be. It very well could be. And I think those two teams are both capable of getting there. I mean, they, they really are. But listen, I, I, I have no problem with you placing Baylor in the regional final against Alabama. I'm okay with that. I, I probably may throw that in, in one of my six brackets just for fun. But I, I, I do think Creighton-Baylor will be an interesting matchup. I think that Creighton does match up size with Baylor. Uh, I, I think that the the depth, probably the lean is Baylor there without a doubt. But I think the starting five right now for Creighton is uh, playing a tad better. Yeah, they didn't do great in that. Was it the semifinals of the Big East tournament? Uh, they got blown out by Xavier. Do I have that right, if I remember that correctly? Um, I believe you are correct because yeah, Xavier made the championship. That was disappointing, and I didn't bet that game. I didn't even watch that game, but I, I just I was surprised by the scoreline there. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, if Baylor, if Baylor and Creighton are are in the second round, I, I I'll put Baylor as a three point favorite and just not have a ton of confidence uh, taking the Baylor's money line. Let's just say that. Let's talk about the last group of this South region, which is obviously my San Diego State team that loses in the first round every year. So I presume Charleston's going to win on the flip side, though. San Diego State's probably the best team in this group of four between them, Charleston, Virginia and Furman. So I like tempted to have San Diego State going to the Sweet 16 for the third time ever. At the same time, I'm like, I know they lose this game every year. Every year we think they can go to the Sweet 16 and they drop it to a 12 seed. Yeah, I, I we talked about Kent State, Charleston briefly. Those are my two teams that I loved two weeks ago. And I think Charleston has the, the, the path to get to the Sweet 16, where I think Kent State loses to IU first round. We talked about that 20 minutes ago. But um, this is a tough game for both teams. They're just such different teams, Charleston and, and San Diego State. I just think the high energy of, of Charleston is going to really surprise San Diego State. If, if San Diego State gets smacked in the mouth early, it's trouble for the Aztecs. They just don't have the octane offense to, to get there. But on the flip side, if you're San Diego State, you have to be excited to be a five seed. I think it's a pretty generous five seed. And against a team in Virginia who – at times can maybe put up 35 points a game, right? I mean, this is a Virginia team that played horrible in the ACC finals. I saw this Virginia team go to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts three weeks ago, get blown out by Boston College because they didn't understand that when you put the ball in the basket, that counts as a point. Virginia just sometimes can do that to you. They just they just can't score at times. Uh, overall, Virginia has had a pretty – darn good season considering they have lost all of their you know components to the national championship except for you know Kia Clark like I said he's been there for 20 years but um I I think if you want to go sexy you go Charleston but if you want to be against the grain as crazy as it is you may want to put Virginia in the sweet 16 because I don't think many people across this country have any faith in Virginia to somehow get through round one and two. But I think they're the smartest team of the bunch. So uh, Virginia, if, if Virginia wins their first round and they play Charleston, Virginia may be able to outsmart 
the the the, the fun high octane Charleston team better than San Diego State. So listen, I'm going splitsies with San Diego State Charleston. I'll have Virginia probably emerging on all my pools for the second round. Just have to figure out what I'm going to do from there. Yeah, the thing that I find interesting about Virginia is that the year that they lost to UMBC, they were the number one overall team in the bracket. And then they came back the next year, and like you said, they won the championship. And the difference there is that they had like actual NBA talent on those teams. And this team feels like it's a lot of guys that are going to be like second round to undrafted guys, like a typical Virginia team before that run where they were getting like lottery picks to come into their program, whether it's DeAndre Hunter or otherwise. And this time around, it feels like they're back to that classic Virginia team where even though they were a number one seed and won a championship the next year, it's like, eh, no one really believes in them because they play defense and don't score and it's boring to watch. And they're, you know, going to match up potentially against San Diego State, which is going to be like a 45 to 40 college basketball game in the tournament. But I just I'm with you like I want to believe in San Diego State just because they're my childhood team and I grew up five minutes from the campus and even though we're not on the best of terms right now with San Diego State I will say like I just it feels like it's set up well for them and I just don't believe in them at all well they have the best player I think of all four teams on the floor so that that helps I think Bradley's the best player um, you know in that group of four and I think when you when you have the best player on the floor that that does help a lot right if he can take over a game i'm not sure if he can take over against virginia or charleston uh because of especially i don't know with charleston's speed it's just going to be really interesting to see the contrast of style uh what what do we have as a line for charleston and and san diego state because i haven't even looked but I'll, i'll guess i love doing guessing lines with you I can't imagine San Diego State's favored by over four. I'll, I'll throw the number three and a half to four. I, I just I don't see it happening. I don't see San Diego State being higher than a, a four point favorite. The opening line right now. This is according to Bet Online Sportsbook. San Diego five and a half at wow. minus two twenty five. Okay, that's high. All right, so I'm way off there. Um, you know, man, Vegas knows something there. Maybe. maybe Maybe my analysis is is going to be something that a lot of people are going to agree with me, and we're all going to be suckers if you like uh, if you like uh, Charleston to merge on the money line or plus five five and a half. Maybe maybe San Diego State's contrast to style is going to uh, beat them up. I bet you that right before when you look at the ticket handle for this game, not now so much, but by the time you get the tip, I, I'm going to guess that there's going to be more people taking the underdog here to the I will say, in fairness to you, of the four 5-12 matchups, this is the second lowest odds for a 5-seed right now. So only only Drake against Miami is a 12-seed closer to a favorite than this one. I, Duke at Oral Roberts, I believe Duke's 6.5, and, and St. Mary's VCU, I think St. Mary's is 6.5. So this is the shortest of the lines other than Duke uh, Drake beating Miami in the 12-5. So I, this is a sort of trendy pick. It just seems like all the five seeds are kind of strong this year. Yeah, I think I think you made a great point. The five seeds are are pretty solid. I mean, I think that Miami, if they would have beaten Duke, would have been certainly warranted of a five seed and a very strong five seed in that. But I think San Diego State may be a tad overseeded, but these are still very good five seeds um, with St. Mary's and Duke uh, teams that played for you know, these are teams that played for a conference championship, uh, such as Duke and, and St. Mary's, and they just, you know, Duke got through and St. Mary's didn't. But um, 
I, I'm excited for that San Diego State Charleston game. That's going to be a great one. Yep, that one's going to be exciting. And I will. That's, that's, the fun thing about it also, Charleston, I believe, is top 10 in three pointers this year, and San Diego State's top 10 in three point defense. There so go. that yeah. should be battle of strengths across the board. Uh, let's move to the group of death. The group of death in the West region that includes five of Ken Palm's top 11 teams in the country all together under one roof in the West region. It's Kansas on the one. It's UCLA two, Gonzaga three, UConn four, St. Mary's five, and then even TCU six is not a bad seating at all there. So what are you thinking about this uh, This West region? Arkansas, Illinois is the eight, nine matchup and uh, Northwestern Boise is the seven ten. I don't know if anything's exciting there, but what no, are you those, feeling about the West? Well, let's go. So I, I think that those are two good splitsy games between the eight nine and the seven ten. If you're if you're in multiple brackets, I don't see how you can feel really good to place Illinois and Northwestern. Let's just say on every one of your brackets, you're you, if you hit the if you hit you hit the jackpot, that's great. But because everybody else is going to be fifty fifty, so you know, go for it. my my. I'm going fifty fifty for both of those eight nine seven ten matchups. I probably if I had more confidence, if I I would I think I think that you know. Probably feel better about Arkansas as an eight versus Northwestern as a seven because I'm just not into Northwestern. I I I just think they're they're so average. But hey, they were close, man. They were really close to emerging to the semifinals of the Big Ten uh, conference championships. It should have been Penn State, but a lot of should have would have there. I, I think I think I lean Pig Suey a little bit more than Northwestern. Let's just start with those games, but you can't have a ton of confidence in either one of those squads, in my opinion. Uh, Kansas I will also a, point out for that one that uh, Boise is playing at Sacramento. That's basically a home game for Boise because that's the local the local connection between Boise and Sacramento is big. So that's basically going to be a home game for Boise. And I think they're only one and a half point dogs right now. Yeah, I, I, I think that helps if you're you know leaning towards BSU there. And I just think that Arkansas, I think, is the, the play over Northwestern if you want to put in a higher seed between the seven and the eight to get to round two, a little more confidence in Arkansas than I do Northwestern. Uh, the, the rest of the bracket, uh, hey, we all deserve the rematch of Gonzaga-UCLA, I think, right? They've had so many epic battles. They had the the the, the game in, uh, many years ago, I think in 2005, that many people forget when Gonzaga choked that away against UCLA. UCLA made it to, or 2006, UCLA made it all the way to the national title game, losing to Florida. Uh, and then we have, of course, the, uh, the Final Four, uh, COVID year of 2021, uh, the miracle three-point win for Gonzaga. So they kind of had each other... Uh, they, they played each other in two epic, uh, massive games in the tournament. I think both of those teams will find themselves in the regional semifinals. And when they both match up, I will play UCLA. I think UCLA is the better team. I think UCLA is the best team in this region, but are they, are they going to be healthy? Right. I mean, that's the, the whole caveat with UCLA. We saw what happens with when you lose a key player against a good team like Arizona and Las Vegas, they lose the game. I, I don't know, you know, this, uh, you know, I, I don't, this is a really tough region as you alluded to. I, I, I do feel good about Kansas getting through um, this region, uh, excuse me, the top half of this region more than probably UCLA, but you can, you can feel good. I think you can feel good about going one four two three, Kyle. I really do in this region. I I, I think that KU 
is going to make it. And I feel like the bottom teams are going to make it. And um, remind me, St. Mary's is the five seed with UConn. I feel good about UConn too. I think UConn has proven themselves and play well against Marquette in the, in the final four of the big East championship. I'm going chalk here. One, four, two, three. I like all four of these top seeds to emerge. And that makes sense because Gonzaga is just a Gonzaga UCLA is just such a monster game. I mean, yeah. since since February 1st, I, I forget the website that looked this up, but they basically do Ken Palm rankings, except that they do it like by certain times. Since February 1st, Gonzaga and UCLA have both been top four teams in the country and matching them up in the sweet 16 is going to be just an incredible, incredible basketball game. And I like that you leaned UCLA because I'm leaning Gonzaga. I feel like that game is just going to be like the, I guess that's going to be either a Thursday or a Friday game based on how they do the Sweet 16s, but that's going to be a primetime game that everyone is going to want to watch because it's basically a Final Four game in the Sweet 16. Yeah, and I think people tend to forget how good UConn was around Christmas time, right? They were a top five team in the country as well. I, I think they have a good draw because I think they can definitely take out KU. And I think they are taking on, you know, a St. Mary's team that, you know, they don't have bigs, man. And you look what, you know, they, they and Connecticut does. They have San Diego. I, I like UConn's draw a lot. I think that they're going to play one seed. I think they wanted to play either Houston or, or KU, and, and, and they were able to get that draw. Um, I'll probably lean KU. Uh, they just have a lot of experience, right? They they have been here before. They are probably not concerned about whoever they play. They will try to beat. Uh, I this is tough. I you know without without like dissecting it and sitting down and trying to look at Ken Palm and look at all these different dynamics. I, I'm going to go rock chalk to win this region. And I'm not super confident about it, but I'm also not afraid to pencil them into the final four. It is the most probable outcome because I think we just don't know what's going to happen in Gonzaga and UCLA. If both those teams make it, that game is such a coin toss that we feel better about Kansas advancing than we do either of those teams. Although I think right now the betting favorite to come out of the region is UCLA by a small sure. number over Kansas. Yeah, and I think I think I'm going to have UCLA probably getting through that region in maybe one or two brackets. I'll probably have KU getting through that in two or three and I think one of them, you just got to go a little crazy and put Connecticut to win that region because they're capable. And that would put you just so far ahead of the field if UConn. I can't imagine. Let's say you're in an average 35-person pool. Um, my guess is two people to three people would have UConn in the Final Four. And I think you have to kind of go that route. And as long as you have other brackets going and you you want to be unconventional, I think UConn is the team that that gets through that bracket unconventionally. It's so funny that you said that because in the first bracket I filled out, just the one that I'll save for the archives, I put Gonzaga in the final four. <laughs> sure, sure, why not? And and I'm not a, I'm fine with that. I mean this this Gonzaga team has been to the final four before. Not not this particular team, but their coaching staff has. And Drew Timmy and they have a nucleus to somehow get there. And yeah, you know, what happens if you say they lost in the second round? That's a they'd have a good path, right, to the final. So let's. Um, <laughs> Feel good about your your Gonzaga Final Four pick. Are we talking about Northwestern to the Elite Eight in that scenario? <laughs> well, it, it's you see, uh, listen. It's probably not going to happen, but I, I'll just I'll I'll just say that 
if St. Peter's can do it, we shouldn't be laughing about Northwestern, who was the number two seed in the Big Ten this year, as crazy as it sounds. So anything can happen here. Yeah. I don't feel you shouldn't feel good about anything going in this tournament except the fact that it exists and it's fun. That's the only good thing about it. But predictions are just impossible, I think. I think I think if you if if you if you gave this to someone who has little knowledge about college basketball, but is not going to go crazy upset every round. They're not going to put a 13 over four every time or a 14 over three. I think they have as good a chance as you or I to just get as many points, right? As long as they don't go crazy on the upsets and maybe they pick just like seven or eight total upsets and they have a team like UConn in the final four and they have a team like Texas in the finals, just as easy for them to to have more points than you and I. That's what makes this tournament incredible. For me, it feels like the story that seems too perfect to come true is Houston in the final four in Houston, and yeah. it's Jim Nance's last final four, and he's obviously a Houston graduate. So it seems like too perfect to not come true that Houston would make the championship and maybe win the championship as the number uh, two seed. It, it's a storybook uh, ending for Jim Nance if Houston's there, but I think it's derailed. And I think it's derailed perhaps by Texas or the Hoosiers. So watch out, Houston. I don't have a ton of confidence in you based on what you've done so far this year, which has not impressed me against a very, very down American uh, I think we've been through pretty much all the first That's and it. second round games here on this bracket. Um, I mean, are there any fun teams that you like as upset picks? Are you, are you feeling the Kennesaw State pick or something like that or anything spicy? The Flying Rick well, Patinos do anything for you? Well, Iona's a good team. I mean, they're they're really good. And, I man, I, I think UConn, they, listen, they may have a tougher path against Iona than they do St. Mary's. So look out for that upset. Um, a double-digit seed that would scare me Uh you see Santa Barbara. I think Baylor has to be a little bit leery of. They should get through, but I wouldn't be in total shock if we saw you see Santa Barbara in round two or further. Um, FAU, okay, it's not improbable that they can get to week two of the NCAA tournament. They are a really fast and fun team. We've talked about Charleston as a twelve. It would not surprise me at all if we saw Charleston in the second week of the NCAA tournament beating San Diego State and UVA. So those are the things that stand out. The 11 seeds, Providence clearly can make a, a run to the regional. I think I think Providence can make a run as a double-digit seed to the regional final. I think they have the draw to do that. So I would consider a win over UK, KSU, and Marquette very very manageable for for this team in providence who has played some really good competition in the big east uh those things are those are the points i would make as far as double digit seeds to uh, make some noise in the tournament and no one else really gives me excitement as a, as a 10 through 16 that that can make a huge run but we know it's it's going to happen Kyle i mean i i, I didn't i i probably did not even talk about the 13 seed or the 12 seed that's going to actually do something so you know that that's my analysis take it for what it's worth i hope i'm somewhat right to look a little smart but uh, i just can't wait it's the greatest uh, it's the greatest show on, on uh, in sports it's going to happen uh, starting tonight yep it is going to start tonight and 
I guess today because this will be released on Wednesday. So enjoy the uh, the first four with Nevada against the Hurleys and uh, Texas Corpus Christi against SEMO and all of the wonderful, wonderful March Madness that's going to come up the next few days. <laughs> Bet everything you have on CMO tonight. Bet your kids' college fund. Bet your savings, <laughs> your checking. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That sounds uh-huh. irresponsible. That's, That's irresponsible. Sounds... That's irresponsible. I don't even know. I, I don't even. I, you know what? I can't. I don't watch this. I, I rarely ever watch the 16 seed playing game. So uh, maybe I'll do it for fun tonight because we don't have too much going on in our household with an with an injured family member. So I'll be on the couch with him, and uh, I'll probably actually pay attention to that game uh, uh, for the first time ever. You'll you'll be excited to watch Fairleigh Dickinson play. There you go. As a, I think they were like a ten seed in their conference tournament and ended up winning the whole thing. So, uh, you, you'll be excited for Fairleigh Dickinson tonight. Well, the, I'll leave you with this: Fairleigh Dickinson is dancing, and the boys just about 140 miles from me are not the Clemson Tigers. No sympathy there, even though I think they should be in there. Uh, too bad for Clemson. Oh well, sorry, and uh, good luck to Fairleigh Dickinson. Our beautiful Rutgers boys didn't make it either. I don't know what happened there, but Rutgers is out. I I, I think Rutgers is uh, somewhat robbed as well. I think Rutgers and Clemson have a case to be in the tournament um, as much as uh, Nevada does in Arizona State as well. I think those two teams uh, have a case, a big case to protest there, especially Rutgers with their win over Michigan and Chicago. I thought, that is a ticket puncher, but obviously I was wrong. They're in the NIT. Penn State swiped their ticket. Yep, they did. Yep. All righty, Razor. Hope you enjoy the week. Hope you get out and well, you won't be getting out, but I hope you enjoy <laughs> your uh I hope you enjoy your March Madness on the couch, going through all of the wonderful wild games that shall be partaking, and uh hope you have a wonderful week. Kyle, thanks. Hey, it's been a great, fun uh, time previewing the the conference championships and the NCAA tournament with you and, of course, all the football we did. And uh, hopefully we catch up after this tournament's over. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.